I'm Jessie Aredia, and you're listening to Soul Care for the New Mom, a podcast designed with new moms in mind, where we talk about what it looks like to thrive in motherhood as the free, confident, joy-filled women God has called us to be. Okay, today's episode may just be one of my favorite episodes for a couple of different reasons. The first is my guest for today, Caroline Semlin, is a gal who I just click with on so many different levels. She loves the Lord, she loves being on mission as a mom, and she also loves empowering and equipping other moms. And the fire that she brings to her content and her teachings really is just so contagious. You're going to realize as you listen to her speak today that she just has this huge amount of passion for the work that she does. And she also isn't afraid to say the hard things, which brings me to the second reason this may be one of my favorite episodes, which is that we got super real, real fast. And especially on the topic of managing your time wisely and making empowered decisions for yourself as both a mom and an entrepreneur. We talked about productivity in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic, what it looks like to be authentic to your calling, and and even how to adopt a pace of life that works for you, even if the rest of the world might have other ideas or philosophies. She also offers tons of practical tips and encouragement for us moms on how we can get into a good rhythm with our kids while we're cooped up in the house on self-quarantine and how we can really implement the systems that most help us thrive. I believe you are just going to love this episode so much and I definitely want to encourage you to let Caroline and I know what you most took away from our conversation. So if you would, be sure to take a screenshot for your Insta stories and tag me at Soul Care for the New Mom. We would love to hear how this episode is encouraging and empowering you. Okay, now without further ado, here is my conversation with Caroline. Hey, Caroline. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? I am doing well. I am hoping that you guys are hanging in there with this quarantine and all the craziness. Yes, yes, we definitely are. We're doing well. Everyone's healthy. Um, it's It's... It's going well. We we realize how blessed we are to just be able to be safe at home. My husband's home from work finally. He wasn't working from home at first. And now he is. So that was making me nervous at first, but now that he's home, I'm like, okay, I feel like I can breathe now. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I hope you guys are doing well too. Yeah, we are. We are. And you know, my husband, he's still working. He's considered an essential worker. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, you know, I'm just kind of like not gonna worry about it. I'm just going to trust that we're going to be okay. We're, you know, we're doing the right precautions. But yeah, this is definitely an interesting time that we are living in. Yes, it is. Yeah. And and I, and I, I honestly think that it's, it kind of makes this conversation we're about to have really fitting Mm -hmm. Um, because I'm just imagining all the moms right now who kind of feel robbed of their normalcy. And I, yeah. I'm, I'm right there. I'm right there with them. You know, like I, I, I know what that's like. And I think that there's been a lot of um, transition struggle um, yeah. as far as really getting into a good groove. I mean, we're, I think, like going on week six and it still feels weird, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy. It's been six weeks already. It definitely doesn't feel like it's been that long, but it, it has. <laughs> Yeah, it, it really, it, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Um, but, but, you know, again, I'm just so glad that we are able to have you on the show because 
I think that the encouragement and the wisdom that you have to share is really so timely. Um, and not just for this season, you know, but for really just for any season of life and motherhood. Um, but before we do dive in, could you just start off by telling the listeners a little bit about yourself and your family and what it is that you do? Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Um, so my name is Caroline. Um, I am a grateful wife to an amazing husband, and I have two beautiful daughters, ages three and one. Um, oddly enough, born two years and two days apart. So <laughs> they're literally kind of twins. Um, and I am a home and time management expert for mission-driven moms. I've recently rebranded to the name Mission Motherhood. So um, that's kind of new. I haven't exactly put that out there yet, but I've been kind of sprinkling it in my content that I've rebranded from one name to now Mission Motherhood. And I'm very set on this. It's been a transition, but that's okay. Um, so Mission Motherhood is all about equipping moms to be able to take um, ownership of their time and reclaim their joy by creating routines and systems that work for them and their families so they can get back to the missions that God has placed on their heart. And so I am essentially um, somewhat of a routine ninja, if you will. Um, I love routines. I love systems. I love um, figuring out how to live simply and work smarter and not harder. And I believe that um, by creating um, family routines and systems for household management and choosing to say, hey, I can take ownership of my time and I can I can reclaim my joy, joy in motherhood and I can choose to um, to create a motherhood life that I love and that um, that is filled with intention and joy. I believe in that mission so much and I believe that motherhood is supposed to be a mission. I believe it's supposed to be joyful and that we aren't um, supposed to be bogged down by overwhelm. And I know that overwhelm happens. It happens to me. Anxiety happens to me. I, I suffered from postpartum anxiety, all of that. Um, but I believe that we don't have to stay there. I believe that there are answers and there are solutions and that we can um, be moms who who radiate joy and and don't have this cloud of overwhelm hanging over us. So that's essentially what I do um, by helping you create routines and systems that work for you in a nutshell, you and your family. Yay, I love it. And, you know, we, I, I want to say we first became acquainted around six months ago. And I just want to say, like, watching you just kind of, you know, be, you know, step into this place of coaching and really working closely with moms to give them those systems and help them create those routines. And like seeing the way that you have stepped into more of your own decisions and routines and systems. And it's been really amazing to see how passionate you are about the work you do, but also the the great joy and benefit that's coming out of it. And, and I'm kind of wondering, you know, if you would, could you share a little bit of the backstory of like why this has become the focus of your work? Why this is something you're so passionate about? Mm, thank you. Um, for one, I really appreciate um, everything that you just said. Um, but yeah, so uh, there's a few backstories. Um, one of them being very personal to me and just my my upbringing and um, my story of adoption. It's not something I'll get into right now, but if you want to learn more, I do talk a lot about that on my social media channels. Um, but my story of adoption, my story of um, being brought up um, by a mom who's, who's amazing, but she, um, she definitely suffered from the overwhelmed mom syndrome. And it definitely 
um, came out a lot in my childhood. So I knew going into motherhood that I did not want that to be my life. I wanted to figure out, you know, a way to mother with, with passion and with joy and, and live a life that was fulfilling and empowering for me so that I could be the best mom I could be for my children. Mm -hmm. Um, but of course, you know, when I did enter into motherhood, which, um, was untraditionally be, um, via becoming a stepmom first to a, um, a 13 year old boy who was very small and tiny and looked 10, but, um, at the time he was 13, he's um, almost 18 now, which is crazy. But, um, when I, uh, that's how I actually entered motherhood was right away, um, in marriage. So I did not get that honeymoon phase of just being with my husband and having time to just be in love and just, you know, think and worry about ourselves. Like it was motherhood and marriage all at the same time because I was a full-time stepmom. My um, stepson's mother was not in the picture at the moment she was living um, across the country. So I had to take on this role and it just completely blindsided me. It was as if I suffered from postpartum anxiety without being postpartum, mm-hmm. honestly. And um, it, it, I, I, I don't even have words for how debilitating it was to feel like everything was crashing down, like I felt super powerless, like I had no control. I was trying to balance, you know, being a first year, I think I was a second year teacher, but it's all the same, new teacher, um, you know, trying to balance being a teacher, super stressed out at work, trying to figure out how to be, you know, a wife and please and serve my husband and, and you know, manage this new child, all of his life and his responsibilities and his homework and his chores and his this and his that and teach him all these. It was crazy to say the least. And I was just, I I drowned. I completely drowned. Um, and I, once I became a mother, um, biologically, naturally, you know, with my first child, uh, that didn't go away. It just escalated. And, um, as a result, I had just a moment, um, if you will, almost like a come to Jesus moment with my husband where it was like, Hey, like this, like we need to do something like you're, you're not well. And, like you are putting all this pressure on yourself and and this has this has to end. And I was honestly just on my knees in in prayer and um just begging God to show me like this is a dream that you gave me. I knew that motherhood was a dream and a passion of mine. I I felt very strongly about even my mission to raise daughters and the fact that God gave me daughters like it was it was exactly what I knew my mission was to be. It was to be a mom raising powerful women, but yet I was drowning in the lack of sleep, in the breastfeeding, in, you know, just feeling like I had lost so much of myself and didn't know where to find her and didn't have, you know, control over anything. And I didn't know how to manage it all. I felt, I felt that mental load so heavy. Like there was 80 million Safari tabs open in my brain at one time. And I was trying to navigate all of them on top of, again, the teenager. And it was just so much. So Basically, um, to kind of wrap up a long story, I, I ruthlessly simplified my life, um, not just with my physical things, but I simplified everything. I was like, and I, I honestly just asked God for wisdom. I was like, God, like, how do I do this? And he showed me, he really did show me step by step how to simplify my home, simplify um, my items, but also simplify my priorities, simplify how I approach things. So how I approached meal planning to go from making the most complicated meals and trying to, you know, basically be, I can't think of 
the girl's name. I'm thinking of a Gilmore Girls episode. It's it's an old show. Um, Rory had a fight about it with pa- Dean. Uh, Paris? Or- no, 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 no. Um, there was there was this old Mary Tyler Moore. It may be Mary Tyler Moore. I don't remember, but okay. I probably got that really wrong. Somebody, please let me know. But um, it, it was a an old show in black and white where the woman who was like basically the perfect housewife and Rory and you know Lorelai used to like mock it and it was like yeah you know it, yes. and, um, but I was basically trying to be her. I was trying to be super complicated <laughs> again. You know, killing myself, getting very little sleep, all that stuff. Um, and I, again, I, I just simplified how I approached everything, and I was like, I it's not supposed to be this way. I'm determined it's not supposed to be this way. How can I figure out how to manage everything in a way that will actually bring light and joy to my family and bring me back? And so I made decisions to sleep train my daughter. I made decisions to figure out a a very um, systematic way to manage the household. And instead of trying to do everything myself, I wrote systems down. I assigned people roles. We started having family meetings. I started creating, um, instead of waiting until, you know, all day Saturday to try to manage all the things and basically work nonstops after working all week. I would work again on the weekends, try to get groceries and try to clean the house from top to bottom and all. Instead of being crazy, overwhelmed mom lady, I decided to take back control of my life. Um, And that's where it really started. That's the backstory of how I learned how to create those routines for my family and those systems for my family. And it led into me teaching others just naturally teaching my friends that that were becoming moms. A lot of moms would approach me about sleep. A lot of moms would approach me about how do I manage working and having children and breastfeeding. I had a lot of breastfeeding questions because I, I learned, I taught myself how to do the things that I wanted to do. I was like, I'm going to teach myself how to do it. I'm going to teach myself how to do it in a way that is not draining me because I refuse to be this way because I was slipping into what my mom was to me. And this is not to, to talk negatively about my mom because she was an amazing mom, but she was an overwhelmed, stressed out mom. And I felt that weight of her. And I, I literally had this moment where I was like, oh my goodness, I'm going to become that to my children if I don't take, take back this control now. So that's the backstory. More recently, it's really, really evolved because Um, you know, the closer that I get to Jesus and I've been a Jesus follower for many years, but I also believe strongly that we have not only the mission of motherhood and to raise disciples. And I really began studying Proverbs 31 and, and really what that looked like and studying Ecclesiastes and the importance of wisdom and all that stuff. So I, I really got a lot of clarity too, from God about it, not just being about having routines and systems and, and, and running your household well, but why, why that's important, how that really frees you. It frees you to be able to be on mission in the way that God has called you. Cause if you are so distracted by your, how you're drowning in that overwhelm, you are not thinking or seeing clearly, and you can't see that vision that God has for you. And that vision that's not only in motherhood, which is being present with your kids, raising disciples, et cetera, et cetera. But then also the other things that he's called you to, whether that's, you know, you're called in marriage and what that looks like as a wife, you're called in your career, you're called in your business, you're called to be a church leader, or maybe you're a small group leader, or maybe you're called in community, or maybe you go on missions trips or whatever that looks like for you. But if your foundation is cracked and your foundation being your home, your family, your, your, the chaos inside your own house, then you are not able to 
to go forth with those missions. And I've seen multiple of my clients go from feeling so overwhelmed by motherhood to once they've worked with me, being free to go start businesses, being free to take on extra projects or just delighting in their husbands again or whatever that looks like. So I realized more recently that it's so much more deeper than that. And now that I've really just like tuned into exactly what God is calling me to do, I'm like, oh, okay, wow. Okay, this is all changing. (laughs) Messaging is changing, all of it. This is what it is. And my passion has just honestly grown so much, honestly, since we first met after really connecting the practical with the spiritual. Mm, Yeah. And, you know, I agree and I appreciate like, all that you are saying and I've seen it play out in my own life as well and it's just it's so incredible to me how once you can just start to gain back a little bit of that control like you know like what you mentioned as far as like being empowered to make those decisions for yourself whether it's sleep training your kids or deciding that you're going to work while also being a breastfeeding mother you know like all those different choices that women are having to face these days as moms once you can like make more of those confident decisions it's amazing how it spills over into your marriage your your career your health your your emotional health all of it um and I just, I just so appreciate everything that you're sharing with us because I agree, you know, it is so true. Um, and these things do matter. Um, I, I'm wondering, you know, for the listener today who, you know, we're all in a very strange season with COVID, self-quarantining, social distancing. I'm wondering for the listener who's, you know, who's thinking right now, okay, that sounds great, but practically I just don't see that being possible for me right now. I'm wondering what kind of encouragement or even like push you might give her um, to kind of break out of maybe the excuses that she's using or the or just the lies or negative thoughts she's believing about what's possible for her right now, even in this season. That's a really good question. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing is um, realizing that this is actually an opportunity to do just what we're talking about, mm-hmm. you know, because normally life is so busy, especially if you're a mom that typically works outside of the house or your, um, you know, your children are going to school, whether that be part-time, full-time, whatever that looks like, you know, your spouse is usually going to work somewhere and you're going to work somewhere. Usually with the average American household, it's very much a, everyone goes their separate ways during the day. We all come back for dinner and bedtime and then we have time together on the weekends and that's filled with an errand, church, a game, mama, come home, do it all over again, right? And one, I know a lot of people, a lot of us were craving like less of that. Like we were craving more opportunity to just be home and be with our families. So we've got it. We've got it in a way that's totally not natural. And it is a lot. Like I I understand, like there are definitely days where I'm like, I have seen my child for how many days now straight? <laughs> you know, like I, I, I do get it. And honestly, and that's coming from someone who has, I've been home with my kids for over a year now. Um, I started when I had my second. Um, but even then, you know, if I really wanted a break, I could just lug us all to Target and walk around for an hour if I really just wanted to just feel something outside of being in a house all day. You know, I, I had options. So I, I understand, like even for the mom, who was a stay-at-home mom or a homeschooling mom or whatever, like this is still totally different because you still can't go anywhere. Um, so I get that it's hard and, and, it, and it's frustrating, 
But again, it's an opportunity to focus on how to actually run your home and run your and, and manage your family and serve your family from, you know, really all the hours of the day, you know, in those waking in those prime waking hours, like after, you know, we've had breakfast or whatever, like that nine to like, you know, seven, like those waking hours of time or whatever, where most of us are at school or most of most of us are, you know, at jobs or whatever, specifically for our kids, like a lot of that structure and academic and, um, you know, activity or whatever that is, like a lot of those needs are being met by teachers because that's what teachers do, you know? And teachers are used to that. They know I was one. So, you know, we know how to create structure, routines and and plan for kids like that's that's what teachers do. And so now moms are having to take on a lot of what the teachers or the daycare providers or child care providers were doing for them. Um, and not to say that moms were not doing that, but they were not doing that. If you if your child was in child care full time, you were not doing that to the same extent. Like one of my most recent clients who graduated, graduate sounds weird, but you know, you know, she's done with our program. Um, you know, she, she literally came to us like, I don't know what to do with my child. And that was, this was before coronavirus, but she was basically just like, she, she just had her second and she was going to pull her toddler out of daycare. And she's like, well, I just had a baby and I'm pulling my toddler out of daycare to save money. And I don't know what to do with her. And I'm actually afraid to be home with her. And her child was just like all over the place. Cause she didn't know how to manage that. And she just, you know, would drop her off at school in the morning and pick her up at five. And that was all that she knew. That was all mm. she knew how to do. And so I had to teach her how to learn her child, how to learn the, the way that her child, you know, will be when, when her child wakes up in the morning, how to learn like what the different, like what the different behaviors that could be manifesting themselves as needs, how to meet those needs before they become too big of problems with routines. Children thrive on that structure. They need that structure and they need us to give it to them because they can't do it themselves. So I taught her how to do that and to create that for her child. And as a result, it was like a completely different child within a couple of weeks. She was like amazed that this could be the way her relationship with her child was. So it's like she learned how to enjoy her child and she learned how to not feel uber stressed out. She's like, do I have tired days? Absolutely. But as a, but I'm not the overwhelmed crazy mom that I used to be because I have a plan and I have systems and I know how to respond to my children's needs in a way that's proactive and not reactive. So I'm saying mm -hmm. all that to say that the time is the time that we, we, we now have this time at home. So it's like there's no, no better time in the present to learn how to do this. And you know what? It's not going to work perfectly the first day. That's okay. It's all trial and error. You try something for a week. If it doesn't work, change it. That's totally fine. Give it about a week, I would say, because you have to kind of train things too. As teachers, we train students to follow the classroom routines. And we spend that first six weeks of school just simply training rules and systems and routines in our classroom. Literally, we basically don't do very much academics. Very much, is that right? I don't know. We don't do a lot of <laughs> academics in the first six weeks of school because we just literally take that time to train the students how to behave in the classroom and how to be a student. You can't assume that your child knows how to be a student coming in. And that's the same every year. We have to retrain them. Even if they've been in school all for nine years, you retrain them every year. Same thing with our kids. They have to be retrained 
every day when they're learning a new routine, if they, they have to be trained, well, what happens at mealtime? What's the routine? What happens at bath time? What's the routine? What happens at this time of the day? What happens at that? What are my boundaries? What are this? What are that? So it does take time and that can be frustrating, but know that like, as it's taking time, it doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. It just means it's a process, but you have the time now to do it. And you absolutely can. You absolutely can. It's, it is not, it's not something to be afraid of. It's something to know that's going to empower you to be a better mom. Mm, yes. And I, I love how you touched on the benefit of like providing that structure for your kids, like how it actually enables you to better enjoy your kids, like to actually know them and to know like what helps them thrive and what makes them tick and, you know, how mm-hmm. you best get along. And I love how you talked about fostering more of that structure, but I've also seen in a lot of your recent content that you've been talking a lot more about fostering independence as Mm -hmm. well. And I'm wondering if you could touch on that for the mom who's maybe, you know, really struggling to entertain and engage her kids while they're cooped up indoors all day. Absolutely. Yeah. One thing is structure does not mean that you are going to be with your child the whole time. Absolutely yeah. not. Thank God. <laughs> fostering structure is 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 fostering independence. And there's it's so there's there's a couple ways I like to look at it. One is there should definitely be some structured time where you are engaging with your kids. And when you are, they can count on it, you can count on it. That helps fill their love bucket up, etc. But there's way more times that I believe that that structure is independent time. And and there's just different just different types of independent time. There's structured independence and there's unstructured independence. Structured independence might look like, okay, this is a time to do said activity and said activity might be, you know, every day um, in your routine, maybe um, late morning is your sensory time. And I'm, I'm actually using that as an example because that's pretty much my example. Um, and the reason why late morning is our sensory time is because I know that the way that the energy of my children flow is that right after breakfast and they've, they've, they're rested, they just woke up, they've eaten breakfast, they had a rush of energy from their food. My children do pretty well um, playing independently at that time. And that's a little bit more of a, I'll let you lead. And what do you want to do when you have, you know, 30, 45 minutes to do whatever you want, free play if you want or whatever. Does that mean I'm engaging with them? Um, Not necessarily. I will typically take that time to clean or whatever, get some emails answered, and they go off and they play together and they play together independently. Even if I have, if I just had the one child, it would still look the same. And a lot of times my toddler is the one that's playing independently because, you know, the baby might be sleeping or the baby might be in the high chair still. So it definitely does not mean that, you know, it's just, it's because it's siblings that they're able to play independently. No, my, my toddler is very imaginative and she's very imaginative because I force her to be. There are many times where she will look at me and, and look at me in the face and I'm like, it's time for you to figure that out. What do you want to do? You ha- And I might give her some, some choices. I might say, okay, you have the living room has these toys. Your bedroom has these toys. What do you think you might want to do? You know, I may have to kind of point her in the right direction, but once I do that and I give her these, cho- you know, you have this option or this option. And I say, you have to choose one. She's forced to choose one. And then she's forced to stay there and play, you know, for X amount of time and just use her imagination. And when she, you know, asks if I'm going to play with her, I say, mommy's not going to play with you right now, but mommy is ready to, um, you know, do X, Y, and Z activity with you after lunch. And then I give her a set amount of time and then I stick with it. Right. So, um, you know, kind of getting back to the flow of the day, 
the unstructured structured time, right? So I've structured in this free play time. That's the structure. It happens pretty much every day after breakfast-ish. We homeschool now. So I, I kind of do a little bit of homeschool first, a morning basket activity. That's just because I, I do homeschool. I made that decision before COVID. Um, and then she moves into unstructured playtime. But it's still a part of the routine, right? I'm just not handing her an activity to do. The morning basket, I'm handing her an activity. I hand her a worksheet. I hand her her chalkboards. I hand her something to, to begin her homeschooling. But then she moves into this unstructured playtime. So that's two structures, but two different types of structure. Then we might move into time together where we're doing a lesson. Okay, she's been without me for an hour. The kids have been without me for an hour. They've, you know, at at that point, they're kind of, I can tell, you can tell when their energy kind of, you know, they might get a little sucking thumbs or fingers or laying, she might lay on the couch. like, I'm looking at the ceiling now. I'm over this. And that's kind of my cue. Sometimes I let it go, depending on the time. Now, if it's still time for them to play, I'm like, oh, they can be bored. That's okay. It's okay for your kids to be bored force them to be bored because then they will, they will just naturally learn to play by themselves. But of course I also read their rhythms too. And I'm like, okay, it's been an hour. Let's, you know, now we're going to go into homeschool. So I create that routine around what makes sense for them going to homeschool, have some time together, kind of spark more creativity there. But now because it's been later in the morning or not quite lunchtime yet, energies are dipping. Now I'm going to give a structured independent activity. This might be sensory play. This might be a craft, something where I'm not going to make them think for themselves because they already thought for themselves for a whole hour this morning. And at three and one, they're tapped. So knowing what your children are capable of and creating a routine that actually serves them, you know, and at, at the same time serves you. I've still had plenty of time that was independent to me over the course of the morning. I, I homeschooled for maybe 30 to 45 minutes in that time, but we've already just talked about a three-hour time span from breakfast to almost lunch. So I hope that kind of helps to understand like the difference between like there's the structure and there's the independence. It's a lot of times it's a both and I'm in control of that the whole time. Like I might let let them lead a little bit too, you know, but I still have a, a manage on it. I, I know what's coming. I, I can tell what needs to happen here and there or what have you. Um, and, and as a result, you know, again, because I, I do make sure that there's structured, unstructured time and structured time that is very hands-on and something I tell them to do, as a result, two different, lot, lot, independence is fostered as a result of that in various situations. Mm, I love all of what you just said, and especially the part where you said it's okay for your kids to be bored, you know, <laughs> yes. and, and I just... I have realized that so much so, especially since my three-year-old, ever since she stopped taking naps, and Mm -hmm. all of a sudden there was now like this two-hour window where I was still trying to do work, you know, like, which Mm -hmm. is, you know, nap time was normally when I would do work. I'm still trying to do my thing. And yet here she now was, and I wasn't ready to give up the structure that was working really well for me. So I had to like figure out, okay, what's going to work well for her. And, you know, I would, you know, assemble like a quiet time back. I still do this to this day, but it's at the point now where like, if she doesn't like the activities that I put in the bag for her, that's fine. And, you know, if she gets bored, that's fine, but she still respects my boundary. And she Mm -hmm. knows that it's up to her now to go find something that will entertain her or to go pull out a different activity or to, you know, play with a different toy or maybe just sit quietly and just read books. I mean, there's even times where I'll be on a call with a client and she'll just climb up on the couch and just lay down and decide to take a nap. 
Like just, mm-hmm. just, just because she is maybe a little bit bored and she realizes, wow, I'm tired. And instead of, you know, trying to play and play and play, I'm going to, I guess, you know, maybe she just listens to her body and she just decides to rest for a little bit. And I think it's, it's been really fun for me to see the kinds of games that she comes up with to entertain herself. Mm-hmm. And, and it prevents me from reaching that point of frustration that I think mm-hmm. a lot of moms reach so easily when there is a lot of pressure that we put on ourselves to provide that constant entertainment. So all oh, that yeah. being said, I-, I love what you're saying about like, let them be bored, let oh, them yeah. be independent, you know, like foster that independence for them. They'll really take a load off of you and it'll, it'll boost their creativity and, you know, boost their independence. And it's just, it's a really good practice for everyone um, mm-hmm. in the family. So I so appreciate you diving into that. Um, I, I want us to switch gears for a minute and have a real honest conversation about working from home as a mom. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this specifically, there was a post you put up. I read it and I was like, yep, I wholeheartedly <laughs> agree with it. But then I also thought, hmm, I wonder if this is rubbing anyone the wrong way. Mm. And I just kind of want to like, I want to read the post out loud and I want us to talk about it because I think that there might be a few people listening today who need to give themselves permission to be wired in the way that they're wired, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. So Mm -hmm. here's the post that you wrote. There's a lot of people telling you it's okay to not be productive right now. Oh, and by the way, you wrote this like recently, so it's during COVID. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a lot of people telling you it's okay to not be productive right now. The opposite is also true. It's okay if you want to be super productive right now. And if that feels good to you, it's not an either or, it's a both and. Okay, can we talk about this? Because I know that you're an Enneagram 3. <laughs> and and I'm and I'm a four, but I have a very strong three wing, like sp- when I'm in a place of thriving, you know, mm-hmm. which is, you know, how I'm able to, you know, do the work that I do. If I was a four trying to manage a business all the time, whew, I, I would get nothing done. So like I have to operate out of my three wing a lot. So I know I know what you mean by talking about like it's okay if you want to be super productive because I'm right there too. I I feel that urge and it feels good. It feels healthy. But I guess I just kind of want like want to ask where your brain was at as you were writing that. Like what were you observing or what were you feeling that motivated you to write that post? Because, you know, I agree with it and I think it it does need to be said. There's so much value in it. But you could have easily just not said it because maybe it would step on people's toes I don't know I just kind of want to hear your thoughts behind that yeah that's a good question um so it's it's a couple things I definitely you know you see a lot of you scroll social media and and you see a lot of posts and and there just there just was there was a lot of posts that were talking about I'm I don't I wish I had one in front of me um but of course you know social media is, is, um, is a live thing. So it's from, I I wouldn't know because a lot of it would be like shared, like, you know, you share a post to your story. So Mm -hmm. I would be scrolling other people's stories and I would see that they would share a post from somebody else who I didn't follow. I just read the post. It was a graphic or whatever. And a lot of it talked about, you know, stop trying to use this time to do so much. We're in a pandemic. It's okay. If you just want to rest or it's okay. If you want to just be, or it's okay. If you want to take a break or, um, even even some that felt very shaming towards people that wanted to be productive, like, 
Um, I, I, I even saw a tweet um, because I, I hang out on Twitter a little bit. I don't really have a following over there. That's just kind of my little area. <laughs> um, but um, I saw a tweet that, that said something about um, all these people talking about being productive during this time when we're in the middle of a pandemic shows how much this country has a problem with hustle and how we're mm. always trying to do something. And I was like, ah, ah, I don't agree. <laughs> you know, and, and there was a part of me that was like, because at, well, at first I felt, oh my goodness, am I part of the problem? I felt attacked a little bit because I am kind of in hustle mode, you know, when you are specifically, um, you know, a, a mom, a mompreneur, or a, I don't like the word mompreneur, but you're a mom who's a business owner, you know, you work two full-time jobs in general, you know, you have their full-time job as a mom. And specifically for me with kids that have been home, my kids have not been in school. Um, and I run a business. And so in order for me to do that effectively, I need to kind of not, I don't want to say I don't not slow down, like rest is important and I do prioritize my care, but I don't slow down too much. You know, I, I want to make sure I'm continuing to be forward thinking and have that momentum. And I really enjoy being productive and it feels purposeful for me. And I personally feel like this time has been a gift for me because you know, what used to fill up my Sundays, which I love being at church. Don't get me wrong. I love it. I serve, but I also serve at a church where we'd have to build it every Sunday and then tear it down because we needed, we needed a school, um, our smaller campus does. And so Sundays were like a whole day thing. And I oftentimes would just feel frustrated that I would, you know, not, I would lose so much time and weekends are very, very, valuable for me to be able to catch up on work. They still are because, you know, even, even with this whole thing going on, my husband is working full time. So I still use weekends as kind of like a, a full day of work for myself. And, um, but, you know, having to meet at meet church online, just it, it's, it's yes, of course, I can't wait, get back, wait to get back to normal. But I'm like, look at this time as an opportunity that I have, I now have three more hours to work and grow the business that I'm so passionate about, you know, so I just felt like there's nothing wrong with that. If if you've been searching, if you're someone like me who was kind of desperate for time to slow down a little bit and just for the obligations, you know, to just kind of fall off the calendar, like there there off there often is so much busy. There is, you know, I would look at my calendar for the month and be like, okay, finally we'll slow down this weekend. We just came out of a move. So every single weekend we were looking at houses. We had meetings that would pop up. Oh, we gotta meet this person, we gotta meet that person, you know. And then of course there was, okay, now we had we had prayer at church. We were meeting at what we were we're team leaders at church. We gotta be at prayer at nine o'clock in the morning. If we don't show up, we don't, you know, we want to make sure that we're, we're, we're leading the charge and all that kind of stuff. And we're passionate about it. We, we agree. We're, we're 100% there in our heart. But there's also that part of me is like, oh, Lord, when life slows down, I'll be happy. So life finally slowed down. And I was like, thank you, Jesus. Of course, it's not the time that I like, that no one wants it to be for this reason. But I'm, I'm choosing. I could either. I could do one of two things. I could choose to sit and be afraid and be fearful and be frustrated and listen to the news all day. Or, or I could choose to use this challenge as an opportunity and just see what comes up with it. And I, 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 and I also think there, again, there's a both. And there have been days where I've been like, Caroline, it's Sunday morning and you don't have anywhere to go. Go back to bed, girl. And I've literally had to tell myself, <laughs> like, stop waking up. At, it's, it's okay. It's 630. Go back to, go back to bed. <laughs> just, just wake up later. Like, and I've, 
And I have fully enjoyed that. I woke up at like 7.30 instead. And I was like, wow, this feels great. But, you know, so you can intentionally rest and enjoy the fact that you get more time to rest, but you can also intentionally choose to be like, how can I grow? How can I challenge myself? How can I come out of this pandemic stronger than from when I went in it? I'm just a firm believer in that. So I feel like I went on a mini tangent because I could honestly talk about this forever. Um, but that's that's kind of where my headspace was. Saw a lot of social media content about it and really just kind of putting down, you know, a lot of the posts that were people talking about, this is your time to start that side hustle. This is your time to start that podcast. I would see a lot of those posts too. And I'd be like, yeah, this is my time. Yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to add that to me. You know, I was getting excited. And that's the other posts that are like, this ain't the time to be doing that. You're doing too much. I was like, wait a minute, I'm not doing too much or is it my time? I'm confused. And so I really had to kind of sit with it and be like, Hmm, like I, I don't want to be doing too much. Like I really want to, am I do, I, I really did like for a while I was like really questioning. I was like, Caroline, are you doing too much? You need to slow down. Maybe this is a side. I really didn't know. But once I really prayed about it, I was like, no, Caroline, like you can do both. You can rest intentionally, but if you don't use this time that you were praying for, then, then that's on you. You know, like, I was literally praying for more time and I received more time and I'm so grateful. So I'm going to make sure that I use this time to glorify God every day, however he leads me to. And there are going to be many days that includes a lot of productivity and that's okay. Mm, I uh, thank you for just sharing your heart and your thoughts on that, because I, I agree. Like if this is how you feel led to spend mm-hmm. your time to spend this quarantine, if you feel like this is what's going to be the most beneficial for you in your emotional health and you, you know, in your family unit, Mm -hmm. then like, why does it matter what the world is saying? You know, you know, it's almost like they're prescribing, you know, with social media. And I, I totally know what you mean about those posts where they're prescribing. This is how to get through this quarantine. Right. When really everyone thrives and copes in different ways. Mm-hmm. And I can only imagine how like for the, I guess I'll say the mompreneur, you know, or the, the mom entrepreneur right now who is listening and is feeling like I should not be working as hard as I'm working because I'm technically supposed to be resting, question mark. Like I, I can only imagine just how mm-hmm. freeing and encouraging hearing mm-hmm. all of this has been. Um, and, you know, and I feel like I've kind of have felt the same way in terms of like wanting to be a little more open about how okay and realistic it is to not do all the things that other people are doing during right. this time. Right. Um, you know, I even just, I, I put up some stories the other day. I didn't expect to get so many messages about it, but it was just simply saying, you know, like in order for me to do the work I do, we, you know, I've had to not take up as much of the cooking. I don't do any of the cooking. I don't do the grocery shopping. I don't do a lot of the cleaning. I just kind of like threw that out there as like, a, you know, these are some of the things that I just, they are not part of my routine. They're, they are my husband's. Those mm-hmm. are my husband's systems. It's what helps our family function so that I can do the work I need to do and I don't feel drained. So, you know, so that I can, you know, be also the mom I need to be and not be distracted. And, and you know, it just kind of works well for us. And I'm wondering, you know, if you were to list off a couple of, you know, empowering decisions that you have made for yourself, even in just the last few months, what might some of those things be? Like, what are some of the things that you've decided to do? And then some of the things that you've decided not to do that's working really well for you guys? Mm, Yeah, Um, I have decided um, to and to not. I have decided not to be the primary mom on Saturdays. That's my CEO day. 
Um, and so I've decided to make that my CEO day. <laughs> so I love it. Was cool the same. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was, that one, that one's definitely been huge for me. Um, you know, I joined my family in for breakfast. Um, I love the fact that my husband has now kind of like, you know, he'll, he'll fry up some bacon on Saturdays or kind of mm. do a little brunch situation. <laughs> and, you know, I eat my bacon, I drink my coffee and then I go downstairs. Now what I do is I will help him with um, you know, a routine. That's not his forte. Routines and systems are not his forte. So I still take ownership and manageability of the routines, but I create them in a way that my husband can fully take it and, and, and it can still run. And that, I think that's one of the biggest benefits to having routines and systems in your home. Because when you really have it to a T and it's systemized in such a way, then it, it won't feel like, oh my goodness, because my husband is doing something or I'm not doing something or whatever, it's going to fall apart. It shouldn't feel that mm, way, you know? Yes. Especially and when you have like sick days even, you know? Like oh, think of yeah. how, how many moms mm-hmm. feel like the whole system is derailed because they're sick and stuck in bed Yeah, because, exactly. they, because their husbands don't know what what is working and what to mm-hmm. do and how to mm-hmm. function and so I, I totally hear what you're saying sorry for interrupting I just oh no I just okay. wanted to point that out yeah apps that that's so true and it definitely took days where it that would happen for me to be like okay not only do I need to refine the routine but I also need to like my husband and I need to get on the same page and it takes work it takes teamwork it takes effort it takes conversations it takes lots of things it's going to be work but it puts you guys on the same page. Mm-hmm. It creates a family team. Your children will know that they should expect consistency no matter which per- parent is the primary parent at that time. It allows there to be a unified front between mom and dad that the kids can trust and count and depend on. And that is so important for their growth and development too. So that's just a huge, huge, huge thing I want to put out there. But um, so yes, that's, that's definitely part of it. So I, you know, I'll give him kind of like a framework for the day Here's the routine to follow. Here's some here's some activity suggestions for these different chunks, and then he can kind of take it and run with it. You know, we um, I've also made the decision to um, after dinner every single day I go downstairs for a work hour as well. So I take six to seven as a work hour, and as a but but now um, a decision I've most recently made is that besides um, podcast interviews. Um, or like mainly just podcast interviews, I do not work at night anymore. I was working at night. I was always working at night. But now and I spoke with my husband about it. We came with it, you know, came up with the decision that um, basically, you know, he now he also takes time to himself. So he gets off work. And so he was kind of feeling so this was how important to have conversations. Like he was feeling mm-hmm. a little drained and he was coming right upstairs now that he's working from home to, you know, enter in with the kids or even coming from the office you know, he would come right in to the house and feel like he never had his quote unquote downtime to get himself together. And so as a result, he was kind of exhibiting behaviors that showed that his needs weren't getting met either. And him being an Enneagram nine, I had to pull that out of him because he doesn't like conflict. Um, So we had to talk about that. I was like, okay, so we'll come with a decision. So what I will do is I will, you know, you take 30 extra minutes after you're done with work to jam out, play a video game, whatever you want to do. And you come up later, or if you're going into the office, you take, you go park your car somewhere and you listen to some music or whatever. Cause once you come in the door, the kids are going to know you're home. Um, and you do what you need to do. And instead of me expecting you home at four 30, I expect you home at five. I get dinner started as much as possible, but then he comes in, he helps a lot with dinner. Sometimes I completely hand it over to him, depending on timing. We have a system in place for that, where he can pick up where I left off. 
or sometimes he cooks as well. I do not cook all the meals. So we are very much a team effort on that, but I definitely have a hard stop on my mom mode and I make sure I'm downstairs in front of my computer by six, sometimes earlier if I can. And then I'm, you know, once it's, and then he, he starts bath time and then I come up when it's time to like basically nurse my daughter and do story and everything like that. So he really takes that over and I reserve that time for myself. So I said no to making myself just continue. Cause I was burned out too from being with the kids all day and then continuing into the evening without a break either. And then by the time I was getting to nighttime and trying to be at my desk at eight 30, I was like, well, I'm tired. I'm distracted. Hmm, what's on Instagram? Hmm, my brain's not working. Hmm, brain freeze. I'm trying to write this email, but it's not really, blah, 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 blah. and it wasn't working. So I was staying up too late and it was a vicious cycle. So I'm like, okay, how can I make this better? So that's kind of an example there. I would say of maybe a couple of decisions I've made, no working at night, you know, taking that time for myself from six to seven, taking Saturdays off from being the primary parent and making that a CEO day. Um, and, and yeah, I, I, I don't really know what else, but I think that covers a good portion of it. I, I love it. And I, I just want to like raise an imaginary glass to all the husbands out there who are supporting their mm-hmm. wives' dreams of being just more than the wife and the mom. You know, because because it's it. I mean, it's I hear sadly, I hear from quite a few different women that especially like when it comes to starting out a new business or like Mm -hmm. starting a ministry where there's like a little bit of risk and unknown and uncertainty. Mm -hmm. I've I've had several conversations with women where their husbands are like not fully Mm -hmm. supportive because they're thinking how are you going to do this and be the housewife slash stay-at-home mom that I am used, I am accustomed to you being? Right. And and it's just so it's just so encouraging to hear when women have those sorts of relationships where they're willing to have those tough conversations, get on the same page, um, you know, give a little, but also ask for a little. Mm-hmm. And and find what works for everybody so that no one is having to sacrifice a dream or sacrifice right. a chance to thrive. Um, and it just sounds like you guys have, you know, really had to experiment and try different things. But but you guys have reached a good groove. Mm-hmm. And I can only imagine how much more joy you now have as a result of that. Um, that like enables you to show up even better in your marriage and as a mom. So it really is just like it's beneficial for everybody to mm-hmm. to do those things for yourself. But but you know I think it is easy to kind of hide behind the excuse of well, I'm a mom, so I have to be selfless. I have to sacrifice. Everything's mm-hmm. you know about the martyrdom. So just all you know all of that being said, just thank you so much for sharing that and a huge huge praise to all the husbands out there, yours and mine included, who are yeah. supporting the dream. You know they they really really are. Um, what what final encouragement can you give to the listener right now who? she's feeling some sort of pull or some sort of nudge to take back more ownership of her life. Where should she start or what can she, like, what's the first place to go to? You know, like how how can she even begin on that journey of taking back her life and managing her home and getting to that place of thriving? Yeah, absolutely. Um, The biggest place I always recommend to start with is is identifying where the actual cause of the problem is. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it definitely looks different for everybody. 
Um, it, you know, for example, if the cause of the problem may be in, in the marriage, you know, so that if, if you feel like, well, my husband just won't let me, or he doesn't know how to do or whatever. And I, I've been there and I never, I never thought my husband wouldn't let me per se, but for me, it was more so like, well, he doesn't know how, or he doesn't think of it. Like I have to think of everything. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, I will, I'm always the one thinking of all 18 steps ahead and he's only thinking about right here and now. I mean, we've had all the conversations from just, just every, you know, just everything. And so that was me. I was the one that was trying to manage everything and trying to figure out for myself. Well, if I want to make my own business work, I have to figure it out for myself because this is my dream, et cetera, et cetera. And I mean, very, very recently, very recently, it's been a work in progress and it's gotten a little better and a little better and a little better, but it's kind of went from like me still kind of being like, honey, can you please do this so I can go work? Honey, can you please do this? Can, is, is there any way? So I would really like to, like it went from that to now where we are, which was a very honest conversation about, you know, I need us to feel like we're partners supporting each other's dreams. Like that very same conversation you're just talking about. But I really had to kind of figure out where is the problem here and why does it seem to be falling apart? And I had to ask him like where he was, you know, and it wasn't that he didn't want to support my dream, but he's like, I just don't, I don't think about it. Like he's like, I don't, I don't think to do this or I don't, I don't think of it that way. And so when I, we really had to work on like what would allow him to be able to have those times where he takes over and for it to not feel the certain way. And for me to feel like I could go and, and work and, and do and, and feel like my business was treated with the same respect as his career, you know? Um, because it, it did, it did for a while, just feel like it was a little side hobby. And, and I felt very frustrated with that and, and like, well, you know, he gets to go to work every day and nothing's stopping him. And he gets to wake up and think about himself and he doesn't have to get the girls up. Like it was a lot of just, Ooh, lots of resentment. I could definitely go there. And it just, it took a lot of hard work and a lot of conversations, but it, it also took me a while to figure out, well, why is that a problem? Where is that coming from? And, and really have to get to the root to solve that. And now I've realized, okay, he not only, you know, not only that I need to communicate my needs to him and also, okay, I've learned, oh, he doesn't think about this. Okay. So if I create a routine or system around this and then I teach it to him and I lay it out for him and, and I have to recognize that, you know, really almost every time I may have to lay it out for him. I may have to give him a visual. I may, there may be a lot of things I may have to do up front for him to succeed, but then it's not because he doesn't want to. It's because it's just how he is. It's how his brain thinks. So that is just an example of like me identifying the problem and being like, okay, how, how can I take ownership of this and how can I create a solution? Another example could be maybe it's sleep, maybe it's breastfeeding, maybe it's, um, you know, maybe it's kids not, I, you trying to set up boundaries, but your kid's not respecting those boundaries. Okay, what's going on there? Why aren't your kids respecting boundaries? Do they, are, do they um, have trouble, is it this or that they have trouble sitting still? Is that they're not used to it? Do you do you need to create a visual schedule? Do you need to? There's just it, it could be so simple or not simple, but it could be so like small, like something like a, a very practical thing, like creating a visual schedule. It could be something as practical as okay, well, you know, my child is, um, you know, nursing to sleep, and and as a result, wakes up three times a night, and I'm exhausted, so I need to, I need to solve that problem. It could it could definitely vary in range. But the idea is the same, identifying where the source of the problem is and starting there and fixing one problem and then moving on to the next one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it's funny how like once you get in that sort of solution minded 
lens, that solution-minded perspective, it's amazing how, like, you build that confidence to start solving problems left and right. You know, like, mm-hmm. uh, like instead of just letting life just kind of feel, like, chaotic and overwhelming, once you realize, wow, I do have options. Wow, I do have a say. Wow, I, I really can, you know, make something work and try something new and experiment and find a new solution. It's amazing how quickly, like, you can resolve all the things that come up that mm-hmm. would that would otherwise just continue that spiral of overwhelm and joylessness. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I totally, I totally know what you're what you're saying about the sleep and breastfeeding and just you know trying to figure out like what is it that my kids need, what is it that I need, how to have those conversations in your marriage. I mean, those are all. It, it can be the smallest thing that reaps the biggest result. That really changes the biggest thing. So thank you for um, just going there. Thank you for going everywhere that we have gone <laughs> in this conversation. Because um, I just feel like so much of it needs to be said. And and especially in this time of pandemic where there's a lot of anxiety and just fear going around. It feels really nice to have a solid conversation about what is still in our ownership, what is still in our control, you know, how can we be confident and empowered and, and, you know, and glorify God in the way that we, in the way that we take our thoughts and take our life captive and just, you know, choose those things for ourselves. I just think this whole conversation just, it just reeks of empowerment in the best possible way. Um, And I just love that so much. So If there is a listener who is wanting to learn more about what it is that you do and how you can serve them, um, where can they find you and what is it that you can offer them? I know that you offer a free course. Can you tell us a little bit about that as well? Yeah, definitely. Um, Well, you can find me on Instagram at Caroline J. Sumlin. That's pretty much where I hang out all the time. Um, I, I wouldn't even count Facebook. I mean, it's there. It's Caroline Jeanette Sumlin on Facebook my full middle name. Um, but that doesn't really count because it's really just everything I post from Instagram on Facebook. <laughs> um, but also you can find me at carolinejsumlin.com. I've got a lot of blog posts there. Um, and my blog posts are also on Pinterest too. So you can definitely head there and you can look um, look at my Pinterest, which is also carolinejsumlin. And you can see my blog post there. Or you can go to carolinejsumlin.com because I do have a lot of blog posts that are going to help you out as well. Um, tons of really good value there. And you can sign up for my free mini course which is the Own Your Time mini course. And basically it's just three days to taking back ownership of your time um, through doing a little bit of simplifying of your home, creating routines at work, and um, learning how to also manage your priorities in a way where you're not prioritizing everything all in one day. Because another really big problem I run into is moms trying to do everything at once. And so learning how to create an effective priority system and learn that not everything is a priority right now and that you can manage all the things. You just can't manage all the things at the same time. So Mm -hmm. um, that course is, is just a really simple email course, but I'm also launching a freebie by the time I believe this airs, it will already be out in the universe. Um, and it's actually a thrive at home guide for quarantine and beyond. And this is like the best freebie I've ever created. Um, it's, I will definitely give you a link if you want to put it in your show notes, it'll be my Instagram bio. It'll be on my website. You basically, it'll be in your face, um, wherever you follow me, but it's like, 
I want to say it's like 12 planning pages plus a 20 minute video on how to use them to basically effectively plan for your days while you're home during this time. And of course, and beyond, because I mean, let's be real, this isn't the last time we'll all be home together. So um, especially since this is so indefinite, we really don't know what's going to happen. So the planning pages walk you through brainstorming kids activities by category. Um, it walks you through um, also making sure you have your meals planned, you have your chores planned, you have your morning and evening routine plan. I've got a self-care planning guide for you there. Um, I have a work planning guide and figuring out what your priorities are for the week and then breaking them down into high, medium, and low focus tasks. And then on the sheet, it tells you basically your high focus tasks are, are to be done when your kids are either sleep or not around or with your spouse or something that's super quiet. Your medium focus tasks are to be done when there's certain these types of activities are happening. Your low focus tasks are doing these. I basically break it down for you there. Um, there's a weekly planning page, a daily planning page where you can incorporate what your kids are doing, what you're doing, get it, get it time blocked so you can figure it out, what your activity preparation needs to be. I talk a lot about that on Instagram. So if you follow me on Instagram, I'll talk about not only just having your activities and having your structure in place, but also what do you need to do to prepare to make it happen? Because nothing is mm. more frustrating than when you decide that Monday at 11 is sensory time, but you don't know what sensory time that's going to be and you don't have the, the supplies to do it. Now you're frustrated. Your kids are getting frustrated. And you've lost time trying to make it happen. So looking at this time at home, like it's your other nine to five. And if you were to show up at your nine to five unprepared, that would be frustrating for you. If you're a teacher and you'd show up to your classroom with no lesson plan, your kids are basically going to hand it to you because that's happened to you before. And same thing at home. If you show up every morning unprepared, your kids are ready for the day and you have to be ready to to make that happen for them too. So this planning guide is there to give you the tools to plan effectively for this time. There's a lot of resources out there that give you like, here's 80 million activities you can do, go. And that's super overwhelming. You have to take that, you have to plan for it, right? So that's where this planning guide comes in. It's totally free. Um, so I'll give you the link for that as well. Or you can just follow me on social media and you can grab that. Um, and that'll definitely bless you. Yay! Yes, yes to all of it. Thank you so much for um, just for again for your vulnerability for just authentically sharing your story and your heart with us and really what it is that drives your joy these days because I think that for a lot of us moms our joy is going to come from a lot of the same things having that mm. confidence being able to make those empowered choices for ourselves having more of that structure and those rhythms and routines that really enable us to thrive um, I just love everything that you shared with us today and I really appreciate you taking the time to walk us through these things Thank you so much. I really enjoyed being here with you all. And thank you. Your podcast is amazing. I love everything that you do to help empower moms as well. Um, following you, following your journey. You're always an inspiration. I always learn so much from you. So I'm just honored to be here as a part of your amazing show. Thank you. Oh, thank you, friend. You're so welcome. <laughs> <laughs>